We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. All right, everyone. This is it. This is our new show. Welcome in. This is the Music City Audible, part of the Broadway Sports Media Network. I am your host, Justin Graver, and your other host, as always, is going to be Justin Mello, joining me as... I already said that. How are you doing? I'm doing well, uh, Justin. Excited uh, for this new venture that uh, you and I are taking. Right, so this is what we kind of teased on our last show of Titans Brawl, if you have listened to us before. Justin and I did 25 episodes of Titans Brawl over the last seven months. We we had a great time over there, but we've moved to Broadway Sports as part of this whole venture, and Music City Audible is going to be our new podcast on Broadway Sports. We're going to try to have new episodes for you every Friday. We're going to be mostly responsible for previewing the upcoming games and stuff because we're going to be Broadway's Friday show, the last show before the weekend. So that's what you can expect from us during the season and during the offseason, you know, We'll keep up what we did kind of over the past seven months. We haven't, it's interesting, you know, we did Titans Brawl. We never really did it during the season. We, we started during the playoffs. So we kind of only know how to do off-season content. So if you've been listening to us for a while, you'll know what to expect when the season ends. Try to get some guests, try to get some some media members, maybe a couple Titans players. Um, and that's what we're going to do on this show too as we lead into training camp. So anything else you want to say about the show? No, uh, I mean, I think you covered it. Um, I, I, again, I'm just excited to, to be on this journey uh, with, with a great group of guys. Um, I think we, we really have something special here over at Broadway. And, um, you know, look forward to lots of interviews with Titans players coming in the next few weeks, guys. Yeah, and that that's an interesting point there about Broadway. Just really quick, head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com to check out the new site. Check out all the new people that are involved in this big thing. Check out all the podcasts. We got Football and Other F-Words is on with us. We got Second and Victory. Jimmy Morris has a new show called Home Run Throwback. We have the uh, Sunday Night Roundtable. is going to be something we do after each football game on Sundays to recap the Titans game. So look at everything we got to offer. And if you are interested in our premium content, you can sign up for an all-access pass for just $5 for life. That's 50% off the, the regular cost. That will end on July 26th. So head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com and check that out. Without further ado, let's really get into our first episode of the Music City Audible. All right, so today let's talk a little bit about Derrick Henry's new contract. Woo woo! And then we're gonna do a little training camp preview for you guys. So Derrick Henry signs for a four year, $50 million contract. It's two years, 25 and a half million guaranteed. The cap hit for the first year was lowered from the franchise tag number of 10.2 million down to just 6 million for this year, just a uh, 60% of what it was supposed to be if he played under the tag. So the Titans and, and Derrick Henry, they were negotiating up until the wire, but on the day of the deadline, July 15th, it was announced after a little scare the day before, it was announced that Henry and the Titans had come to contract terms. We saw the numbers, and honestly, I don't know if there's anyone that doesn't like this deal. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are a lot of analytical nerds who may not like this deal, um, but I, I do think ultimately this is a win-win for everybody involved. Um, as you said, first off, the Titans lower uh, Derrick Henry's cap number this year. It goes, you know, they're saving about $4 million or an extra $4 million than they were set to save um, if he was to play on the tag. 
Uh, you know, Derek gets the long-term financial security that I believe he was looking for. You know, that really all NFL players are looking for. And, uh, and the Titans keep their best player around for, for, for really, you know, uh, at least another two years, as you said. I, I view all NFL contracts as how much is the guaranteed money, really. So I think this is, as you said, you know, two years, $25.5 million, and then we'll see. You know, that, that's really how I look at this deal. That's how I look at all NFL deals. Um, but again, I mean, $25.5 mil for him guaranteed. It's certain, you know, he, he had earned about $5 million on, on his NFL contract over four years. Uh, five million total, that is. So obviously, it's the financial security that he hadn't, you know, really had up until this point um, in his. Not that five million dollars isn't money, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I think it's a win-win for everybody. I imagine he is thrilled. The team is thrilled. His agent is thrilled. Everybody. Um. You know, Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, uh, Miss Amy Adams struck. I think it's a great deal for everybody. And this has been pointed out a few times, and I've seen it on Twitter a few places, and. I heard it on, on a CBS podcast too, but Chris Johnson signed with the Tennessee Titans in 2011, that's nine years ago, on a four-year contract with $53.5 million total value. Derrick Henry's is four-year, $50 million. Derrick Henry got $25.5 million guaranteed. Chris Johnson got $30 million guaranteed nine years ago. That's insane to me that, that, we're, that John Robinson was able to get this deal done with Derrick Henry at a at an amount that was like i mean the way contracts work in the nfl today is the contracts come out and they reset the market and we see it with mostly with quarterbacks but it happens at, at pretty much every position really so it's cr just crazy that derrick henry i mean if you look at the average annual value he's now the fifth highest paid running back in the nfl behind david johnson and if you look at the uh the guarantees like you said that's really what the contract's about he's got two years guaranteed so we said it on, on one of our last shows of our other podcasts, but we didn't really know if a deal was going to get done because of the coronavirus, and we hadn't heard really a whole lot. And then uh, we talked about how, you know, history says you're not, you shouldn't really allocate a lot of money towards a running back long term. But the Titans didn't do that. A four-year contract might happen if Derrick Henry truly is the beast that he, that he might be. Then sure, maybe he plays out all four years. But the most realistic situation is that he's a Titan for two more years, at which point in time he's starting to hit some sort of running back wall, and then the Titans aren't committed anymore. And if he's not doing that, then the Titans have the option to keep him on the team. So I think it's a great deal for all parties. Like you said, Henry gets the security. And I want to talk about it in relation to Ryan Tannehill's deal because if they both play out their contracts, they're both on four-year deals. So I think that's kind of an interesting little note there that they their timelines kind of line up now. Tannehill does essentially have three years guaranteed, whereas Henry really only has two. But I still think that that's uh, something, a sign of like, let's let these two guys be the face of our offense for the foreseeable future. And when those contracts are up or it's time to make more decisions, we'll figure out what to do then. But I think that this is the way, this was the only way the Titans ever really planned on operating this offseason, lock up their two main offensive weapons or, or offensive stars and uh, go on and see if they can repeat their success next year. Yeah, I fully agree. You know, it is interesting that the timelines sort of line up, you know, minus the, the, the tiny discrepancy in the, in the amount of guaranteed years. But, you know, again, this team was scoring, what was it, you know, roughly 30 points a game down the stretch of the season. Why wouldn't you want to keep this offense together? Why wouldn't you want to keep this quarterback running back tandem together? Right? And it wasn't just a few games, you know, it was, it was 10 games. So, um, and really, you know, one thing that's kind of been lost in all this and it, it is, you know, props to the front office. For being able to get this done, for going into one off season, 
um, and committing, you know, huge money to not only your quarterback, but your running back as well. You know, two players that really were, um, you know, the backbone of your success uh, down the stretch in, in what ended up being a wildly successful season. You know, a, a successful season that in a way came out of nowhere, right? That nobody saw coming, especially at 2-4, and four, you know, when they when they couldn't score any points. You know, that, that loss to Denver where they literally did not score a single point, which was uh, which was really the turning point for this team. Um, so, so shout out to John Robinson and everybody, you know, the, you know, uh, everybody in that front office for, for being able to go into this offseason and, and having the confidence to secure both your quarterback and running back on um, what are, you know, essentially long term deals. Yep. And so with that, we will talk about a little bit of the impacts here. So we'd mentioned the Titans save four million dollars. Obviously, this is something we've talked about a lot if you've listened to our podcast in the past. But Jadeveon Clowney is still out there, still sitting there as a free agent. Training camps are going to be opening soon. We'll talk about that in a second. But how much longer is Jadeveon Clowney going to be sitting there? I mean, this bumps the Titans up to, I think, fifth most uh, salary cap space currently in the NFL, which is still a lot. They, of all the suitors that are involved, that have been reportedly involved for Clowney, they're one of the, the one of those ones that has the most money. So I don't think that, I don't think the Tennessee Titans will be outbid for Clowney. It's just a matter of if they can really make it happen and, get him in the facility. John Robinson talked about it. We talked about that on our last episode. John Robinson mentioned Clowney again. So that money is definitely there if they want to use it. I I still think that that's going to be what's going to happen at some point in the first few days of training camp. Jadeveon Clowney is going to be flown to Tennessee to take a physical and get checked out, and then he's going to sign a contract. That's just how I expect it to happen. We'll see if that plays out, but I I don't know if the $4 million actually impacts it, but it is good for the team to have that money knowing with all this COVID uncertainty with talk about the salary cap possibly being cut by like 50 or $70 million under the, because of the revenue projections that the NFL had for this season, that they're not going to hit now because of coronavirus. So we'll see how that impacts the salary cap. But I do think, you know, it's, I heard some um, people talking about this on, I think the, the CBS sports podcast saying like, if you're a player with all the uncertainty of the future like who knows what contracts are going to look like next year especially if the salary cap has to take a big hit so like from a player's perspective it's advantageous to get your deal done this year get your get your years get your guarantees don't wait until next don't play one year and wait until next year when you know we have no idea what the the landscape's going to look like in terms of the salary cap and stuff so again good deal for all sides we'll wait to see if Clowney gets signed any any thoughts on Clowney before we move on no I mean uh, I think you pretty much covered it um sorry no I <laughs> no, no, it's all. Uh, I, I do think he's, you know, going to be signed sooner rather than later at this point uh, by somebody. Um, I mean, it feels like, you know, we've been talking about this for months. Well, it feels like that way because we have been talking about this for months. Yeah. But um, you certainly would, would would imagine that, you know, the wait is coming to an end. Obviously, with training camp set to open in, in about a week's time. So, um, you know, it's never a bad thing to have an extra $4 million, <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when talking about bringing in a potentially bringing in a player like Jadavion Clowney. Um, two things I found interesting that I don't think you quite touched on is, um, you know, Derrick Henry was asked about it during one of his interviews, I believe, on the NFL Network. And uh, he said that he had heard some, you know, he had heard about it. He had heard the rumors um, that they were potentially um, entertaining Clowney. And, and he did go on to say, of course, you know, he would be welcome here with open arms. Um, and then John Robinson, you know, for for the latest update, um, I believe at the t- at the same time when he was doing a press conference um, to discuss the Derrick Henry signing, he actually could, you know, all but confirmed that they had been in touch with Clowney's agent within the last week. So that that is, you know, good to have confirmation that 
um, they have been in touch recently. Because I believe the last update we right. had, um, John Robinson had said that they hadn't spoken in a while. That's right, that, yeah. Yeah, so and they had something on the table, and it, it is what it is kind of thing. But as of recently, as of just a few days ago, uh, John Robinson did all but confirm. I believe he's, and I say all but confirmed because I believe he did say we may or may not. Yeah, which obviously right. means we have. <laughs> um, <laughs> we may or may not have had contact um, with Clowney's camp within the last week. So it's it's good to know that as we would all imagine, this Clowney deal um, is coming, you know, is, is certainly going to happen soon. Again, whether that's in Tennessee or somewhere else, you'd have to imagine he's going to be signing somewhere soon. Um, it's good to know that Tennessee have been in recent contact with him. To me, um, that sort of once again legitimizes them uh, as one of the front runners, um, you know, to get Clowney, a uh, Clowney deal done. Yeah. Last note on Henry before we move on to training camp, I want to touch on this, sorry, is John Robinson and his kind of MO, how he operates. I think we can learn from this deal in the sense that he uses the media as part of his negotiation. And I kind of had suspected that for a while since he started talking about Tannehill and Henry at, during the combine when he first mentioned Clowney too. And I think that looking at the way Adam Schefter had that report at the last second that Henry was going to play on the tag. The Titans weren't going to be able to get a deal done. I mean, obviously, we don't have any idea what's going on behind the scenes, but my own personal guess is that the Titans had their offer out to Henry. Henry's people came back and said, we want a little more. We don't there's something about this guarantee or who knows what. And the Titans said, all right, well, you can play under the tag then. And they were like, yeah, right. They're not really going to play under the tag. And then John Robinson goes and says, all right, someone slip it to Shefty that Henry's going to play under the tag so that he knows, so they know we're serious over here or something. I mean, I'm just guessing here, but he talked a lot about uh, wanting to get these deals done in those certain different press conferences. I mean, he basically has said, he just says what he needs to say to get those things to happen. So when he talks about Clowney and stuff, like I really think that he's negotiating. He's He's always thinking about the strategic impacts of what he's saying at every single public appearance, whether it's a, NFL Network or Paul Kaharski Periscope or whatever it is. So I do think that we can kind of learn there. Like, we can take the things that John Robinson says and, like, kind of have to scrape away through his, you know, coach speak, GM speak, whatever. But he gives us a lot of info when he talks. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on there that you didn't mention is I, I do agree that he weighs every word he says. And he has um, a reason for, you know, for saying what he's saying. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's always direct. I don't think he's always quote-unquote honest i mean i think Agreed. the one that has shocked me the most happened recently and we, we, you and i discussed this um pro previously but um where he had said that the coronavirus meant he likely would not get any long-term deals done this offseason he would not get anything done that the uh, right the, that's exactly what i'm talking about so yes. that's i think that's part of his negotiation like He's willing to put it out 100%. there so that the people in Henry's camp think that they're serious. Like, wow, they really are scared about their money. Like, he's not just saying this in the negotiation room. He's making this a public thing so that other people can be involved in it. And, whether and then they want just to a criticize. few days later, a few days later, Derek Henry signs a four-year, $50 million deal. So right. And we're so, talking, what, two, three days later after he said that he was unlikely to do anything. This So just I, I absolutely agree that he weighs every word he says. And sometimes he's direct and sometimes he's not. So it's, yeah. it's interesting, and that's good, right? I mean, why not be unpredictable when you're in the position that he's in? Yeah, I agree. So, all right, well, we covered that. We'll take a very quick break, and when we come back, let's get into the training camp preview. All right, let's get into this training camp preview. The Tennessee Titans 
and all, well, not all, but 30 other, or 29 other teams, 30 out of 32 teams, these are their reporting dates. Rookies will report on Tuesday, July 21st. A couple days later, quarterbacks and injured players will report July 23rd. And then on Tuesday, July 28th, all other players will report to training camp. The Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs report a week earlier because they are playing in the opening night game of the season on Thursday Night Football. So they would get a week extra to prepare for that, I guess. We don't really know what's going to happen at training camp. We don't really know what's going to happen with preseason. There's a lot of testing protocols in place. There's a lot of like, I was listening to Tom Pelissero on the, the Ringer NFL pod just go through all the, the details of how to test, how they're going to be like, whether you're asymptomatic or symptomatic, what qualifies as close contact with another player, how they're going to be like managing the, the people who are exposed to the virus and how, you, how long you have to quarantine and is this going to cost me time of playing time and all that stuff. So a lot of uncertainty, but how does it feel just knowing that training camp is on? Yeah, I mean, with, of course, you know, I want everybody to be safe and I want everybody, uh, you know, to make sure that they make their health a priority. But uh, of course, I'm very excited about training camp being on, you know, um, it, it's good to, you know, hopefully return to a little normalcy, um, especially, you know, in the sporting world. Um, I think we've all missed sports for, for quite a long time now. And um, it's it's exciting to know that as of now, you know, football is a go. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what what game day is going to look like, but um, I, I think we could all take some solace in the fact that as of now, um, things are a go. Yes, and something that's interesting about this is that not all the details are worked out yet. Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport tweeted out, the NFL and NFLPA would like to have the all-important economics figured out before camp, but it's not a necessity. So they can keep talking about the revenue shortfall while camp goes on. They'll resolve other other money issues like risk stipends sooner. So what well, a lot of players want some guarantees. If they show up to training camp, they get a guarantee. I think there's a minimum of $250,000 just for showing up training camp, no matter what happens for them, because they're putting themselves and their families at risk. They, they need to figure out what the opt-out clause is going to be for players who are either at risk themselves or have underlying health conditions themselves or who have family members at home, who have a pregnant wife at home who they don't want to risk exposing to this virus. So one thing they really have to figure out is the opt-out clause. Right now, the, the NFL kind of put out this, this, I don't know if this has been agreed to yet, I think this is the NFL's latest proposal according to Pro Football Talk, is that the players have an all-in all or all-out decision they have to make by August 1st, according to the current proposal. So if they opt out before August 1st, they're out of the season. So that it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this plays out. According to this current proposal, a player who opts out will have his contract toll for a full year, but he will not receive his base salary or any other payments scheduled to be earned for the, for the date of the opt-out. No benefits earned. He will not earn an accrued season. So this is important for guys who are like, you know, playing out a franchise tag year. It won't count. They have to, they'll have to come back and play that year again. Or if they have three years left on their contract, it, it's not going to go down by a year. And then the players who opt out, according to the latest proposal, will receive a $150,000 stipend for 2020, minus any amounts they've already been paid for this year, which, you know, for all the offseason workouts and stuff. So that's not a lot of money. I mean, granted, these guys are sitting out, but... That's, I mean, that's enough to live on. Obviously, that's a pretty darn good salary for your average person. But based on the players' lifestyles that they're used to living, um, I don't know. Like, if a guy is scheduled to make $8 million this year and he op opts out, he's only going to get 150000 I think you're going to see a lot of guys not opt out. 
Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. The NFL has, you know, based on what you just read there, has structured this in a way that really gives the clubs all of the control. I mean, basically. And this hasn't been agreed to yet, so that's this is the stuff they're still negotiating. But, yeah, as it, if this were to hold through, yes, exactly. Right, right, agreed. So, but I mean, yeah, if this were to hold through, then uh, it really gives the NFL clubs all the control, right? I mean, they've basically, let's be honest, they've made it so opting out is a terrible personal choice for yourself, financially at least. It's a terrible, I mean, it's terrible for your career. It's terrible for your pockets. Everything about that is not good, right? Basically, you have to wait another year before you can hit free agency, which means you will be a year older once again, and you got, you know, before you get another contract. And, um, and, and a lot of guys could lose their careers off this or lose a lot of money, you know, not just this year, but in the future. So uh, it's certainly set up, if it is agreed to, in a way that, uh, gives the NFL clubs all the control and would really make opting out um, all, almost you know, almost impossible for the players. Yeah, and I think that they, they set this little deadline in as a way to like, so that an opt-out can't be confused with a holdout. So you have to make that decision early on, um, you know, like I said before, August 1st, with players reporting on July 28th, that only gives them a few days. Like, you could go to camp for a couple of days and then decide, I'm not into this, I'm out. But once you pass that point, I mean, again, assuming this holds through, but they have to get this stuff figured. They don't have to get all the money details for the full season and the salary cap and all that figured out by training camp, but they do have to get this stuff figured out by training camp. And right now, the NFLPA Players Association has not agreed to this. So we'll see where that goes. Let's focus a little more on the Titans training camp. I think the biggest thing we always look for in training camp is how do the new guys look and how who's going to take over the starting spots for the positions we missed so first of all let's talk about the new guys we got isaiah wilson coming in a right tackle cornerback christian fulton coming in on the defense and a, a slew of other draft picks obviously darrington evans and and the guys in the later rounds. so it'll be interesting is there anyone you're looking forward to hearing about reports i know it may not be the same this year if media is not there but reports about which players are are making plays in training camp anyone you're looking forward to specifically well i mean i'm Definitely Isaiah Wilson and Christian Fulton. Um, obviously, being your first and second round picks, you expect them to, you know, to, to look good and contribute as rookies. Um, and I do think, ironically, um, you know, those two positions that they play are probably the most intriguing position battles to watch in terms of who's going to start on, on opening day. Um, with right tackle, of course, you have Isaiah Wilson with Dennis Kelly. Uh, I would say Kelly is the favorite as of now, but things could always change. Um, and then with Christian Fulton, I think slot corner, you know, which is really a starting position nowadays. It's not like it used to be where, you know, you had two corners in your base. Uh, I, I really do think that the nickel corner spot with Logan Ryan's departure is also up for grabs, maybe even more so than the right tackle position. You know, I think with Christian Fulton and then, uh, you know, signing a vet like Jonathan Joseph, um, who has really played the most of most of his football in the slot as of late, uh, I think that position is definitely up for grabs. Yeah, and... Something I'm really interested in looking at is maybe this isn't as important to the season, but definitely those first two guys that you mentioned, but also the later round picks. I mean, Laurel Murchison, fifth round pick out of NC State. We'll see if he can come in and make an impact on the D-line that lost Jarrell Casey, but I'm really talking about Cole McDonald. I don't know if Cole McDonald's that good, but he is fun. So it'll be fun to watch him uh, if we get any preseason games. It'll be fun to watch him play in the preseason. It'll be fun to hear about him you know, throwing long bombs in training camp to receivers, and he's got to be competing. You mentioned those two tra those two position battles for the starting spots, but an interesting one that kind of goes under the radar, I think, is the backup quarterback position between Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. And I think in in a COVID year, 
you know, maybe you don't take three quarterbacks in a regular season, but with so much uncertainty over who, what happens if somebody misses, if somebody tests positive or whatever it is, you might want to keep three quarterbacks on the roster this year. So I think that, you know, Cole McDonald's chances of making the team go up. And I also just am really interested to see how he looks in training camp, see, hear about his new throwing motion, see if he's fixed that, and just kind of see if he can get in there and, and win that backup quarterback job. Yeah, you bring up a great point there, Graver. I think the backup quarterback spot, um, you know, Cole McDonald uh, versus Logan Woodside is definitely a battle to watch. Again, I would say Logan Woodside certainly has the leg up. Um, you know, he's been here for, for, for obviously for quite a bit longer um, than Cole McDonald has. He knows the offense. Um, of course, Cole McDonald being, you know, a rookie, uh, this whole coronavirus thing has certainly impacted um, the rookie's ability to get acclimated, um, you know, to their NFL clubs in a, in a fashion that we are used to. You know, everything's been happening virtually, obviously, up until um, the rookies report to camp on the 21st, as you said, on Tuesday, July 21st. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting battle to watch. And, and to your point of, you know, typically going into the regular season with two quarterbacks, I do expect that to remain the case. But keep in mind, I, I do believe we have two extra roster spots this year, right? right? It's a 55-man roster um, instead of a 53-man roster. So potentially, you know, teams could think about using that extra spot. Uh, you know, there are teams who already carry three quarterbacks for the regular season. But for those who don't, uh, they could potentially think about using one of those spots um, to do so. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, that, those will be interesting things to watch. And then, obviously, we got the defensive line. I mentioned Laurel Murchison, but we have, we have a, a few guys here. I mean, I'm not really sure what the Titans' base defense is. You mentioned how three quarterbacks are basically starting, which is a nickel set, you know, so you have less big bodies on the field. But with Jarrell Casey gone, you got Jeffrey Simmons coming in and take, taking, taking over, you know, the, the mantle of the interior disruptor. Daquan Jones coming back for his final year of this current contract. We'll see if he you know, gets an extension before the season starts. I highly doubt it, but maybe he plays that contract year, motivational style, you know, kind of year. And then um, Austin Johnson left in free agency too. So we're looking at guys like Isaiah Mack, Amani Bledsoe, and, and other guys coming in and rotating on this defensive line. I'm definitely interested in how Jeffrey Simmons looks and hearing about how well he's moving, you know, being another, you know, whatever, eight months removed from that ACL surgery from the last time we saw him on the field. So I cannot wait to hear about Jeffrey Simmons. I almost feel like that's another first-round pick the Titans are adding to the roster this year just because, I mean, he played well last year. He played really well down the stretch. Played had a great few great plays in the Ravens game especially. So not that he wasn't already there, but, you know, just like to see what that next level is, the post-ACL thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely can't wait to see what Jeffrey Simmons looks like. I think he's due for for a huge season, but... Um, one of the things you mentioned there, I, I agree. There's a lot of there's a bit of a clutter, right, at this D line group. I think Simmons and DeQuan Jones are the only two players, um, you know, part of this group that that are guaranteed anything, right? Let's be honest. Everything else is up for grabs, and you got guys there, right? You got Amani Bledsoe, who I don't believe played any regular season snaps last year, but was on the practice squad for the majority of the season. Isaiah Mack, I guess, quote unquote, would be the most experienced Titan, um, and and even he, right? He played in a handful of games last year. Um, you got Larell Murchison coming in as a fifth-round pick, and you have Jack Crawford, right, a veteran D-lineman you signed away from the Atlanta Falcons. Crawford obviously has the most NFL experience out of any of these guys, but I don't really think he's guaranteed anything either. You got Joey Ivey as well, another D-lineman that spent some time with the team last year that returns to training camp. So you got a lot of clutter on this D-line, and there is certainly one, if not two, um, two or more spots up for grabs here. So it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys uh, are able to distance themselves from the others. 
Right. And then another big thing we, we're kind of excited to hear about is uh, how the offense looks in year two. Art Smith coming back with Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis finally all getting together for, you know, with Ryan Tannehill being the starter. Now, it kind of sucks that they missed all this offseason time. Like, I think that the Titans are in a great position as one of, you know, not that many teams to be returning so many people on the offense, including coaches. But you know, it wouldn't have been nice to have an off-season training program for them to go through and for Ryan Tannehill to keep working with those receivers and make sure that his insane completion percentage over expectation can be repeated next year. But a lot of talk about Ryan Tannehill and Jonu Smith getting together in Florida. I am really looking forward to seeing how that connection develops with Jonu Smith stepping up, going into the season for the first time as that tight end one. He's always kind of had, the last two years, he's had to step into that role as Delaney Walker goes down with injury. But now, entering the year, knowing you're the guy, I think, from John New Smith's perspective, is a little different. The Draft Network guys just put out an article about him the other day. I think John New Smith is about to explode, and we are going to hear about it first in training camp when he is just going to be making plays with Tannehill, who they have developed, I think, a real connection. Yeah, I fully agree with you. And not to mention, it's a contract year for Johnu Smith. So you know he's going to be motivated. You know he's excited. Right now, you know, Mike Miracles has is convinced yeah. that a deal will get done before the season starts. So. And, and I said this to you right on our last episode of Titans Brawl. I said if I were to extend one Titan, you know, looking at the group of, you know, three three guys who are entering contract years in Daquan Jones, uh, Jayon Brown, and Johnu Smith, I said this to you. If I were to extend one of them, I think it's Johnu Smith, hands down, no-brainer because he's the one who has the best chance um, to really uh, see his value take a step forward this year to, to increase his value. So if I'm John Robinson, I definitely think about getting a deal done with John Smith while I can. Um, but, but yeah, I think he's going to explode this year. I think you're going to see it at training camp. I think we're going to hear stuff. Again, you know, however training camp, it looks like it's going to be a pool of media reporters um, that are going to have to bring stuff back to everybody else. But I do think that John Smith's going to have a huge training camp. I think he's poised for a huge year. Again, he's officially, you know, tight end one going into the year. It's a contract season as of now. Um, I, I definitely expect really big things from John Smith this year. And if he doesn't live up to these expectations, we apologize for building him up so much. But I do think he will live up to these expectations. Um, one more thing I kind of want to talk about here. We touched on it before, but I think it's really interesting how the NFL has decided to do the testing and the tracing and how many days you have to sit out for whatever going on. So... I think the way it works is if you, t if first of all, close contact, they're going to use the GPS trackers that they've been using for next-gen stats to track players' proximity to each other on the field. So let's say the game happens on Sunday and somebody tests positive the next day for the virus. They're going to go back and look at every player that that player was in close contact with. So say it's like an offensive lineman, you know, the left tackle, like, if the tight end came over and lined up next to the left tackle, that tight end is going to get tested the next day. If that left tackle is blocking the same defensive end all game and another defensive tackle jumps in, like both of those guys getting tested. If uh, the running back runs into the back of this offensive lineman and they like fall down in a pile together, that running back is getting tested. So we could conceivably see a situation where like one positive test means that like 30 to 40 players have to go get tested. But I think that's great. That's the best way to do it because that's how you really find and isolate and stop the spread of the virus. So then if you are in close contact, you have to, If it depends now if you have your test is positive or your test is negative. If your test is negative, you're good to go back to practice. If your test is positive after you've been in close contact, now it's about if you have symptoms. So you got the asymptomatic people 
the the most the uh, the minimum amount of days they can miss I think is five. If you're asymptomatic and you have a positive test, if you test negative two days in a row after five days with of your positive test, you can return to play. So this is the example Tom Pelissero gave on the Ringer Pod was a player could have close contact on Sunday, test positive on Monday, presumably be asymptomatic for five days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, test negative on Saturday and test negative on Sunday morning, and they could they could come back and play in the next game. Now, if they have symptoms, it's going to be longer. I think uh, it was either 10 or 14 days if you have symptoms. I know like a lot of the, the main talk about the virus was it was 14 days, but according to Tom Pelissero, there is this new science that says it might only be 10 days, or I'm not 100% sure on that, but I do think if you test positive and have symptoms, like you should sit out probably for two weeks or so. But if you don't have symptoms and you come back and test negative again, I just think it's great that the NFL is thinking all these things through it seems like they have a very comprehensive plan when most organizations around the world, or at least around the country, don't really seem to have a plan. You look at what, what's happening in college football, and they have no centralized leadership, every conference for themselves. If the SEC were to come out and say there's no football this year for our conference, I bet every conference would copy them. I mean, that hasn't happened yet. But the SEC commissioner came out and said that if things continue at the pace they're on right now, he doesn't expect to have football. And that's the SEC. That's, that's huge. So it's nice to see what the NFL is doing. They have a plan. The team doctors have all said, you know, barring a few minor concerns here, this plan should work in terms of containing the spread of the virus. But, you know, the, something they mentioned on that podcast again is uh, the idea of a super spreader. If one of these guys, be, like, that's what apparently how the virus is spread the most is one super spreader gets it and, sends it to, and transmits it to like 100 people. So if one of these players ends up being a super spreader, that could be, you know, where issues start to come into play. But I think they have a good system for making sure that like the whole chunk of the team doesn't have to miss the next game because they'll be able to be tested. And if they're asymptomatic with a positive test, they'll be able to come back. So I, I think that uh, the NFL is a great plan here. And I'm excited to see how all these teams adapt. That's what the NFL does, right? They did it for the draft this year that they adapt and they move on. And I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think obviously there's still a lot of things to figure out. But from everything you just said and everything that we've heard and read, um, they're being very thorough, and as they should, right? It's the only way to to properly execute a plan like this. It has to be very thorough. You got to, you know, uh, 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 cross your T's and dot your I's. So, and that's exactly what they've done uh, as of now. So, uh, I think the plan um, makes sense. I think it should work, and I'm excited to uh, to get football uh, back up and running in a couple days here. All right. Anything else you want to cover in this training camp preview? We previewed training camp. Yeah, I think that might do it for our first episode of Music City Audible. Wow. Well, guys, as I said at the top of the show, be sure to check out the website, broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're really excited about the group we have, about the content we're going to be producing. And make sure you go check out Justin and I's series, Tape with a Titan. Justin had this great plan and great idea to get it started. He and I have been working together. You're doing a couple with Mike as well. This is going to be a series that you guys do not want to miss. So make sure you sign up at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Get that all-access pass for just $5 for life. That will expire on July 26th. So get over there and, and get that deal before it's gone. And be sure to find our podcast. You know, we got a new Twitter handle. It's at MCA Broadway. The show's going to be up on Apple Podcasts. going to be on Spotify, Stitcher. So wherever you listen to your podcast, go find our, our new show. You're obviously listening to it already. And hit that subscribe button so you get the new episodes directly in your feed. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star rating as a new show, again, the five-star ratings really help us grow and help us find new people. So, Justin, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here? 
I'm just going to kind of reiterate what you said. Um, you know, with, with this new podcast, we do have a lot of interviews coming up with Titans players, current Titans players, that is. Um, a lot of them. We're going to be rolling out a lot of those over the next few weeks. So you definitely don't want to miss those. So make sure you subscribe. We've got some really interesting topics we've discussed uh, with several Titans players. And then the tape with the Titans series um, is, is something, you know, I think it's the greatest thing I've ever worked on. And I'm super excited. Um, to present this to the world and to present it to Titans fans. Um, you've never seen anything like it, in my opinion. It's the content that you want more of, but you haven't been getting for whatever reason. Uh, and I'm happy that, you know, myself here, your, yourself, Graver, and everybody really, you know, that, that's worked on this at Broadway Sports um, is able to present this to you. I think it's going to be the coolest thing um, you've seen coming out of, uh, you know, a, a Tennessee media really in a really long time. So really excited about Tape with the Titan. Guys, stay tuned for, for more on that. Yeah, and check out the website where you can read articles by John Glennon, Mike Herndon, and your other favorite Titans writers. We got a lot of the people that you guys already know and read writing for our new site it's going to be a great 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 new project that we got so make sure you check that out make sure you follow us on twitter you can find justin at justin m underscore nfl follow me at titans film room other than that i got nothing for you guys we'll be back next week a broadway sports media production